Luke 10, I want to read our story. Verse 25 is where we're beginning. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. 725 in the other Bibles. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. You know, have you ever had a moment where um, someone just had unusual kindness um, that that was given to you? That you were the recipient of someone's just undeserved, unsolicited kindness? You know, I I think that, that we have these moments in life We all have these moments. And I was trying to pick my brain about like, hey, when have I had one of these moments? And the Lord was like, man, you've you've been having one of these moments the past few weeks. So last summer, my wife and I, we felt led to to become foster parents that that Garrett and Kelly and Caleb and Michelle and Shay and Mary Beth and several others here have kind of been paving the way. And we're like, man, we, we think that we're supposed to step into this. And really on my wife's heart and you know, there's something to that, men, about listening to the things that's on your wife's heart. And, and, um, and uh, so we were, we were engaging this last summer. And so we went through all the training and the process. And two weeks ago, we got a call. And, hey, are you, are you interested in opening up your home to these two kids? And we're like, I think yes. And it's been the most crazy two weeks of our lives. We have five kids in our house. And, and as I think about the undeserved kindness, I think about the kindness from our church family. You know, what, what has blown us away has been the, the prayers that have been prayed. Like we know that, that, the, that God has been working through your prayers to hold us up. Not just your prayers, your, your text messages and not just the text messages, but people showing up with, with meals because we've been trying to, to connect with these kids and, and keep our kids and, and assimilate to, 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 to this new normal for us. And you have no idea how your kindness to us has been such a blessing to us. And we were standing in the kitchen the other night and, and we were just talking about all the ways, you know, that, that people have come over, Kelly and, and Garrett, they brought food the other night and they stayed and, and talked with us and, and, and they left and we're like, man, this is how you, this is how you hold people up. Like, like the way that our church has supported us, court's like, man, we've got to step up our game because you have taught us. You've showed us what it looks like to have unusual kindness. You see, and, and, and unusual kindness is always meant to impact us so that we can make an impact on other people. 
we registered the, the little boy that's staying with us to, in school on, on Monday. And so my oldest daughter, Finley, she's in first grade and um, um, Elijah's in kindergarten. And so we, we were going Monday to get him registered. And, you know, it's so neat. I didn't really know the process for how way all this, this worked. And so I walked in the front office and the registrar um, for the next two hours sets aside everything that she has going on on Monday morning to help this kid get in school. And she's making phone calls to all of his, his old schools to get all of his records. And you can just tell that she is working so hard to take care of this kid. And then I watch the guidance counselor come up and the guidance counselor completely drops her morning plans to take him by the hand and to give him a tour of the school. And, and the guidance counselor pulls out Finley from class so that he has a friend to walk around with. And, and I watch them come back to the front office as I'm typing on this outdated computer trying to get him registered for school. And, and she's sitting on the floor, this guidance counselor sitting on the floor playing Mr. Potato Head with him and then she they, they're trying to figure out what class to put him in and so they find this teacher who happens to be a strong follower of Jesus a light in a dark place and this is just for the side, but if, if you come here this morning and, and you're a light in the dark place of your work and you feel like you're not being used you're not being noticed God will use you through your faithfulness Stay put, keep shining brightly. There will be a time where the people around you start to notice that there's something different about you. And when this boy comes into the school, the first person they think of is a teacher that has the light of Christ in her heart. And all week I've been going, the unusual kindness. It doesn't just impact us. It's meant to impact others. And Jesus shows up with this man one day who thinks he has it all together. This man who shows up to test Jesus, this man who shows up with the most impure motives in the world, right? He's trying to expose Jesus to make Jesus look a fool. And he asks Jesus this question. He's not really wanting to know. He's not really curious as to what Jesus has to say. Hey, how, how do I be saved? Jesus looks at him. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Jesus is like, yeah, you got it. Good job. You've got the answers here. He says, do that and you'll live. Do that and you'll live. And I go, man, how many of us, we, we have that head knowledge? Like we know what it means to live a good life, to live a meaningful life, to live the life that matters, right? And, and we come here in this place and we don't need to be told something new. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know what it looks like to be fully alive in God. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as much as yourself. And this guy says that he wanted to justify himself, which means that, that he wanted Jesus just to validate the life that he was living, that he didn't want to have to change. He didn't want to have to change anything. He just wanted to be patted on the back for the things that he was already doing. He didn't want to be called. He didn't want to be challenged. He, he, so he asked this question, who is my neighbor? Because honestly, what he's thinking is, I've already got this down. Like I've already got to know my next door neighbors. I know my coworkers, like I'm doing this, I'm killing this, I'm, I'm earning my way up to God. And what Jesus does in that moment where this man is trying to, to limit who his neighbor is, Jesus expands it. And so he asked this man, who, he asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? Who is my neighbor, Jesus? And Jesus could have answered with bullet points, but Jesus tells a story. I go, many of you are, are incredible storytellers. I love listening to Ben preach because he's an amazing storyteller. And your storytelling is, is a gift from God. Jesus was an excellent storyteller. You're a storyteller, you're like Jesus. 
He tells a story. A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem, the religious capital of the world, the spiritual capital of the world, to Jericho. When, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite. When he came to the man, he saw him and he passed by on the other time. And I go, I don't, I don't want to make us go down and relive all the times that we failed, but we've been there, right? Where we've seen someone in need and we just turn our heads, Right? And this is what happens. This is, you see it in scripture and it's like, oh, how could you? And it's so ugly. And yet we're the same way. Yet the Samaritan, verse 33, as he traveled, he came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him or he had compassion on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine on him. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. In this story, Jesus is reminding us of some things. That although this man came with with mixed motives, Jesus was interested in this guy finding life. And that's so helpful. That's, That's so hopeful for me because I go, I wonder how many of us come in here with mixed motives this morning. How many of us step into this season of prayer and fasting with mixed motives, right? That, that we come in and, and we're engaging in this or we're here because we want God to do something for us or we think that, that, that if we can do this, we'll get God to, to get in our corner and then he, he owes us one, that, that, that this is a way of, of, of kind of twisting God's arm. And, and no matter where you come to Jesus, I want you to know the way that Jesus teach people that, that come to him with mixed motives is that he wants you to find life. And no matter what motives you come here with this morning, no no matter how messed up you are, how far from God you are, he wants you to find life. Jesus, he's not interested in having a conversation with this man. He's interested in helping this man come alive. As you think about your life right now, like, are, are you living? Like, are you, are you alive? Are you alive in God? Where is there more for you? Do you come here this morning and, and you're like the man and you're going, I've got this figured out. Or do you go, you, you know that there's something more. See, I believe that Jesus is trying to speak to our hearts. That we would view this command to love our neighbor as ourselves, not as a checklist, that if we go and do it, then we're good with God. No, it's that we would see people and, and, and we would see, see people. We would see their pain. We would see their predicaments and we, and we wouldn't view them as a problem, right? That's what we so often do. That we have our schedule, we have things to do. Like Abigail, I know that you probably had other things to do the other day than to set aside time to take care of that student, right? But, but the thing about God's people is, if, is, is that God brings people into our life and we get opportunities to live just like Jesus, As you read through the gospel, what you see Jesus doing is he's constantly being willing to call audibles, right? He's going one place and someone shows up, hey, can you help me? And it's just like Jesus is always malleable. He's always moving. Jesus was a servant of people. Jesus listened to people. Jesus helped people. And if you're a Christian, you know this. 
you, you know the best life is, is when you're serving and loving and helping people? You ever been on a mission trip? Or you ever been in a, in a season where, where you were just giving, 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 and it's true that it's so hard, but isn't it true in those moments you feel most alive? Kate, are you most alive when you're abroad in the world serving the kingdom of God? Yet why do we so often, often pass the opportunities? I believe that we lose sight of a couple of things. I believe the reason that we so often pass up on people, the way that we, the reason we view them as problems instead of opportunities is because we forget about two things. We, we forget that, that Jesus was the man that was beaten in this story. And we forget that, that we were the, the man that was beaten in this story. So here's what I mean. You know, so often when I've read the story, I've, I've thought about, oh, I want to be just like the Samaritan, the, the guy who helped this guy. But, but Jesus was reminding me that, that he was the one that was beaten, that he was the one that was handed over, that he was the one that was bruised, that he was the one that was stripped of his clothes, that he was the one that was left half dead on, on the cross. That, do you understand that just the simple truth of, of why Jesus came? That you were far from God, I was far from God, and Jesus came. And he came and he died in, in your place and in my place so that you and I could live with God forever. It's a simple truth of who Jesus is and what he has done. That when you believe in Jesus, this is John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave us son that if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in a father that loved you enough to send his son, you'll have eternal life. And I think so often we forget that the, the real body of Jesus was beaten and bruised for us. That the real body of Jesus was, was taken at people's hands who didn't understand him and took advantage of who hated him. And he did that for you and for me. And we forget that, that we were the, the man on the road. You ever had a, a moment in your life where you were just torn over your sin and what your sin had done to God. I'm not asking you to go back and remember it and replay it, but have you ever been in that place where, where you're just disgusted at how you've treated God? Where you needed God? Or, or maybe it wasn't the spiritual come through for, for God, but maybe it was a, a physical need where, where you were down and out like that man. You had no one to help you and God came through for you. You see, I'm convinced that when we remember that Jesus was the first man beaten and we remember that we were on the street, that we were beaten, that we will be the most compassionate people in the world. I was having a conversation with a guy a couple months ago, a formerly homeless man. And it opened my eyes as he was talking about, man, the, the hardness of life for a homeless person and the compassion that he had for homeless people. And I go, why was he so compassionate? Because he's been there. Right, And when you and I, when we remember what it was like to be far from God, when we needed God, when we remember what it was like to not have God in our lives, our hearts will be moved with compassion. It doesn't mean that it'll be easy. One of the things that God's been reminding me is that true compassion is, is most often costly. Like compassion is gonna cost you something. Like this is not one of those teachings that, that we come here and we feel good and we leave just back to our normal lives. I'm going, he's calling us to follow in his footsteps and the life of Jesus that he lived was costly. It was beautiful, but it was hard. 
listening to people who, who, who didn't understand him and creating space and serving people who would betray him. But this is the life that we want, right? Like, do you want the life of Jesus? Do you wanna know God like Jesus did? Do you want your life to count? There have been a lot of seasons in my life where I'm going, man, I just, I wanna live the life that I'm living. But God has so much more for us. Abundant life. So this is what I wanna invite us into this week. To pay attention to the people in your path. Pay attention to the people in your path. God's gonna bring different people with different needs into your life. It might be a physical need. Let's, let's get a little bit deeper here. It's not always just physical needs. Sometimes it's a, a relational need. I saw this in my wife a couple months ago. She was at the park and she was watching our kids and she met this new mom who had moved to Mount Juliet and moved to this city from another state and had a couple of people that she knew here, but she's pretty lonely. And Corp has the, the eyes to see in this moment, there's this woman that has no friends, has no community really. I'm gonna bring her in. So she invites her over for a play date. We had the at-home worship thing in, in the end of December. She invited them over. And it's easy sometimes. It's, it's, it's seeing the relational needs in front of you, inviting people into your life, or maybe it's an emotional need. You know, maybe it's a coworker who's going through a hard time or maybe it's your spouse, right? And you come home and it's been a long day and you're going, man, I know I haven't got into Jesus next door yet and I haven't read my Bible and I see that my wife is hurting and she's tired, but man, I need to do this. No. Sometimes the way that Jesus is inviting us to live compassionately is, is to set the religious side, the, the religious stuff down sometimes. To meet the emotional needs right in front of us. Maybe it's a, a physical need, maybe it's a relational need, maybe it's an emotional need, maybe it is a spiritual need. Life is meant to be lived with Jesus. And when people don't have Jesus, the real Jesus, they're missing out on life. Pay attention to the people in your path. May you be the good Samaritan this week. And it's not from this legalistic place of, all right, I gotta earn my way to heaven and I gotta prove to God, you will miss it this week. Even with the best of intentions and the best motives, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss out on people this week at some point. So give yourself grace. This is about us. Treating people the way we wanna be treated. Pay attention to the people on your path. Second thing, put compassion into action. You know, the greatest stories are told. The greatest lives are lived. The greatest impact is made. Not when you just notice a need. Not when you just are aware that someone has a need, but when you go, God, can I help them? Put compassion in action. I don't know what God's gonna do this week. I don't know the people he's gonna put in front of you. But I do know this. 
that God loves using his people. God loves using his people to let his undeserved love pass through us. And what if your life, even if you didn't get to see every single way that it impacted, you got to impact person after person. Brandon, how much different would your life be if you woke up and you didn't just think about the work that you had to do this week, but you go, man, I get to work for the kingdom this week. And Joe, man, I get to make an impact on people and I'm not gonna get to see how it's all gonna work out, but I'm gonna get to impact people for the kingdom of God. And Caroline, what if, what if you go, man, my job this week is to see people, to really see people and not just to see them as problems, but as every person we meet, we go, man, this is an opportunity to be like my king, to walk in the footsteps of my Lord, to become like Jesus. So may we not pass on the opportunity. May we not see a need and turn our heads. See, the Samaritan man just created some space, right? What I love is that, is that he took care of the man and he still had some stuff to do, right? So he's like, hey, I'm gonna come back. I gotta go take care of some stuff. I'm take care of your needs. I'm gonna come back, seal things up. And I'm going, it doesn't mean that we just blow off all the other responsibilities in our life. But I go, could you create some space? Man, maybe you'll see a coworker this week and they're having a hard time and you're like, man, it is five o'clock and house church is coming over tonight at seven and I really need to get home to clean the house and to get things set up. What, but what if you go, man, what if your house church got a text from you? Hey, we're not, we're not gonna meet till eight tonight because I have to, to sit with one of my coworkers for a while. Or, or what if your wife, man, this week she, she found that you were really listening to her listening to her heart, deep level. What if this week you got to make an impact? That the impact that's been made in your life from God's undeserved kindness to you gets to be passed on to others. So here's what I wanna do. Let me throw that last slide up, Shay. I want us to take a few minutes. And I actually love the, the, the devotional. And by the way, I wasn't saying that you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't read. Um, I hope that you understand that. Yesterday's prayer prompts were just super in line with, with today. And so I wanna invite you to, to get in groups and for the next few minutes to, to answer these two questions, to wrestle with these two questions. You know, to, to think about, and, and for some of you, it's, it's gonna be simple because it's the people that are on your cards. And, and I wanna encourage you, you don't have to say people's names. You don't have to, you know, to come out and do that, it might be embarrassing for, for those people. So you don't have to, you can kind of speak cryptically, but, but I want us to, to, to share and process these two questions. So let's take the next seven or so minutes, gather in groups, turn our chairs, and then I'll get up in, in a few minutes and dismiss us to take communion. But let's take a few minutes wrestling with these two questions. Are you able to identify any place of need, physical, emotional, relational, or spiritual in the lives of those in your path? And how might be God inviting you to move simply from recognizing the need to responding to the need? Let's circle up, answer these questions, and I'll get back up in a minute. Send us to communion. All right. Thank you guys for, for circling up. By all means, keep, keep talking if your conversation's rich. I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to send us to communion if, if you're done talking. And so um, these next few minutes, I invite you to go grab a piece of bread and a cup of juice to remember that the body was broken, the blood was shed for you that Jesus has done all the work that's needed for you to be included. And so I invite you to keep talking, take communion. Dale's gonna come back in just a minute and lead us in a few um, more songs and worship. And so jump back in. Love you all.